Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. a Christmas wish list this year. Come on, just be honest. You made a Christmas wish. Don't, don't worry, I know adults are not supposed to make them, but you, if you wrote one, that's okay. We're among friends here. You can be honest, all right? Uh, okay, all right, let, let me ask a better question then. How many of you have kids or grandkids that made Christmas wish lists, okay? You know, that had, yeah, and then they presented it to you. I asked Bryce, I said, Bryce, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, on the way to school the other day, and he, he just bam, 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 he just rattled off four or five things. And, and immediately, you know, I'm, I'm calculating in my mind, you know, ching, 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 just, just where we're going with this? Where is the ceiling, right? Thank God he didn't ask for a Lamborghini or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kids love to make their lists, and then they love to take their list to Santa, right? I mean, there's not a more serious moment than when, you know, the kids that will sit on Santa's lap, which is a little creepy anyway, uh, but the ones that do, <laughs> you know, that sit in the lap and really want to, uh, you know, when they get into it, you know, with their Christmas wish list. And, and you know, yes, I did say Santa in church. I know for some that's, that, you know, don't judge, okay? We, we, we have fun with Santa and our, our family. We take him and let him sit on uh, Santa's lap. And, uh, but it's all part of the fun and tradition. And, but they were serious about it, right? Well, Tuesday morning, of course, our grandkids made out their lists. And what do you want for Christmas? They told us. And Tuesday morning, we're going to get together. And we'll watch them open their presents. And, man, you know, watch their little faces just light up when they get some one of the items on their list. And... and uh, and of course, before we do that, we will, our tradition is, and I hope you all have traditions like this, is that before we open the gifts, we take a moment, we read the Christmas story, we pray and thank God for the, the gift of, of Jesus to us. And I was thinking about all this, reflecting on it, because you know, you need to take time and just to think about what you do at Christmas and all the, th- the things that are important to you. And I was thinking about this important moment that we would have and, and, uh, and the thought hit me, thought hit me that I wonder what God would have on his Christmas wish list. Have you ever thought about that? What, God, what do you have on your Christmas list? If you had a Christmas wish list, God, what would be on it? I thought, man, that's a great question. And, and, and if he had a wish list for us, you know, what do you think would be on it? Maybe, uh, you know, I can imagine some of us would think, well, God's probably wishing I just get my act together, right? <laughs> And uh, sometimes I have that thought about me, you know, that that's on his wish list for me. Uh, or maybe it's something like, uh, you know, maybe you think that God is wishing that, you know, you'd get free from an addiction or uh, something that you struggle with that's, that's uh, keeping, holding you back. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, a social media thing, or maybe it's a, uh, that we, God's, you think God is wishing that we take better care of ourselves and be more healthy and be more health oriented or maybe it's about you know a relationship that maybe God wants us to get right or maybe he wants us to be not to worry or to be afraid about the future come on you know what I'm talking about but I think actually I know that all those things are probably not on God's wish list for us 
In fact, I know that there's only one thing on God's wish list, and it's right in this verse here in 1 John 4, 9, that says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Now, that's what Christmas is all about. You know, God is about family and he wants all, that, that, that's what he's always been about. He wanted a family. And so he wants us to be, you and I to be a part of that family. And because we don't measure up, he sent a savior. He knew where we were at, he knew what we needed. And he sent a savior, a gift for each one of us. And his name is Jesus, amen. Because that's what he wanted. He wanted a family. He wanted us to live together as a family and be part of a family. And so on his wish list for you today, this Christmas, is that you'd receive the gift of Jesus and become a part of his family. That's it. That's always been it. But I want to look at another verse uh, this morning that describes the gift of Jesus. And it was so cute because I had no idea that the first verse that uh, little Kyla would memorize and would present to you was the verse I was going to preach and speak from. And it's Isaiah 9. It's a prophecy about Jesus. And in this prophecy, it, it, it kind of gives him four names. And these four names describe benefits that come to us because of who he is and, and uh, or four attributes of who he is. And that part, it, it kind of defines the gift that God sent for us. So let's read it. Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What do those four things mean to us? Four names. All of us probably have three, you know, names, but he has four and probably, and many more. If we, that's a whole other scripture, but, uh, or study. And I think what they are is for those four benefits. They describe benefits for us, for our lives, kind of the, the Jesus gift to us. And so I want to look at them one at a time and, and just uh, uh, see what they, see what they mean for us, okay? Well, I put in your notes, here's the first one. That the, uh, the decisions in life, for the decisions in life, I have a wonderful counselor. You know, uh, we all have decisions that we need to make on a regular basis. How many of you make, have some decisions that you're gonna be needing to make here soon? And maybe, maybe there, some of those decisions are easy, some of those decisions are hard, uh, and the question is, do you need a little wisdom for those decisions that are going to be coming up and you're going to have to make in your life? How about anybody use some wisdom for some of those decisions? Absolutely. Things that are right around the corner, things that maybe you don't even know, but are going to be coming, coming up. Uh, a question that you didn't need an answer for. Maybe it's, maybe it's about your job or career. Maybe it's, uh, maybe that, you know, do you take a new offer? Do you take that new opportunity that you're looking at? Uh, you know, in the words of the immortal philosophers, <laughs> the clash, should I stay or should I go? 
right? Uh, a little bit of ripple there. You know, we all have decisions. Maybe it's in a, about a relationship. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that, you know, that should I stay or should I go has to do with that, right? Do I fight for this relationship? Do I let it go? Maybe it's, what do I invest in this year? Do I invest in land? Do I invest in stocks? Do I invest in gold? Do I invest in Bitcoin? What is, do, do, do I find out what I wonder, or the better question, what is Bitcoin, you know? Uh, I mean, there's a scripture for all of this. And it's in, it's in James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You should ask God. Who gives generously to the spiritual people around you? Who gives generously to those that, you know, no, it says it gives generously to who, how many? To all. God gives generously to all those that ask, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you lack wisdom, who should you ask? If you need wisdom, and that's what Jesus is. Jesus is the one who's that wonderful counselor. He gives us wisdom for the decisions we have in life. And you know, this is true. And he, he promises that it will be given to you, whoever you are. If you ask him now, you might say, well, you know, I, I've asked God and, and a lot of people, this is how they ask God. Well, God help me in this. And then you go on and try to figure it out on your own, right? You struggle through it instead of really trusting God that he's going to give you the answer because what does he say? It will be given to you. God, you promised you'd give me wisdom for this situation. And I know that it's going to come. I can't tell you how many times Lisa and I have been facing decisions, important decisions, difficult decisions. And we've asked and we prayed and, and used this verse and said, God, give us, some vis give us wisdom for this. We don't know what to do, but you can guide us. You will give us wisdom. You said if we asked for it, it would be given to us generously. Not just a little, but everything, all the wisdom that we need. And we trusted God and we believed and listened and God came through. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many times people have come in for counsel and, you know, people come in and get counsel from, and I don't consider myself the best counselors, but I, you know, I, I lean heavily on the Holy Spirit. I lean heavily on this wonderful counselor. In fact, if you come in for counsel with me, the first we'll pray, and, and we'll pray and ask the wonderful counselor to show up because we need him, amen? And I can't tell you how many times that I've used this when somebody needed counsel that was just beyond, beyond the wisdom that I had or the ideas that I have. And God would miraculously intervene. I remember this one time, I, uh, we had a, uh, uh, it was years ago, we had a, uh, a woman who came to Lisa and she uh, was unsaved and she wanted to give up her baby for adoption. And so uh, Lisa, we had a, this couple that had been trying to have kids for years and couldn't have kids. And so they were looking to adopt. And, and uh, so we went to them and said, told them about the opportunity. They said, yes, it was a great match. And so we matched this up then they, and, and they got the baby at birth, okay? And we're raising this, young man this this child and about three years later this young lady came into the church and she got saved and she started serving God and and you know she's on one side and 
they're on the other and they have, you know, they didn't know. They didn't know. One day, she shows up at the office and uh, they had gone through all the adoption process and papers, but there needed to be one last signature to finish it. And she comes into the office and she's serving God now. And she says, Pastor Brad, I know who my baby is. And I'm thinking, I'd like him back. After it had been like three years with, with this, these new parents who are just, you know, loving it. And I'm going, okay, let's pray. And we invited the wonderful counselor. And I hadn't a clue. I didn't have an idea of what, what to say, how to counsel. And I'm, and I'm secretly praying in the back of my mind, God, if you don't help me, this is going to crash. This is going to blow up and we're all going to crash and burn here. And all of a sudden, a scripture popped up in my mind. And it was a story of Solomon when two mothers came before him. And they had been living together, given birth to children. And, the, uh, and uh, when they were sleeping, one of them rolled over on her child and, and it perished. And so she found her baby dead. So she snuck into the other woman's bedroom and, and took her live baby and exchanged her dead baby for the live one and kept the live one and it became a mess. You know, that, that can become a real mess. And it did. And so they're fighting over this baby and Solomon, they come to Solomon and Solomon says, I've got an answer for you. Bring me a sword, cut the baby in half, give half to each one and that'll solve the solution. And then the real mom goes, no, 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 no. Give her the baby, just let the baby live. And Solomon goes, that's the mom, give it to her. And I said, what was this? What was the most important thing to this mother? Was there, it was what she wanted or what was right for the baby? This young lady says, what was right for the baby? Not what the mother wanted. I go, yeah, I think so. And then another scripture just drops out of heaven. It's the story of Hannah. And Hannah was barren and she prayed and wept before God. God, give me a child. And if you give me a child, I'll, I'll give him to the priest and he'll be raised by the priest and become, you know, a part of the priesthood. And of course, God honored her and gave her Samuel and Samuel was born. And when Samuel was weaned, she took him to the temple and he grew up in the temple under the care of the high priest in somebody else's care, the baby being raised in the care. And all of a sudden in that room, something just happened. She starts to cry. I start to cry and the Holy Spirit just comes. And I said, you know what's the right thing to do, don't you? And she says, yes, it's about the baby and it's about placing him in another's hands to raise him. And she went out of my office and went and signed those papers and it was done. And it was the best thing. That young man has grown up to be a fine, fine young man who loves God. Incredible young man. I had no wisdom. I had no idea what to do, but God who gives wisdom, you ask God, he gives generously to all. And I don't know what you're facing, what kind of decisions you have to make, but listen, he's the one who gives wonderful counsel. 
Listen, we couldn't have raised three or five teenagers <laughs> without a little wisdom from above. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? For the decisions in life, we have a wonderful counselor. Now, secondly, uh, for the demands of life, I have a mighty God, a mighty God. Because listen, life is pretty demanding, isn't it? It just, it is. How about, could any of you use a little extra energy in the season of life you're in? Get you through it? Yeah, amen. Well, Jesus says we have a mighty God to help us. The Jesus gift says he's there for us, amen. And he gives us strength, strength that we don't have. And maybe you need strength for this Christmas season. <laughs> I know for moms, this is quite the season, right? Uh, and because uh, uh, if you have kids at home, whether you're a single mom or a married mom, you know that uh, uh, this season can wear you down. You know, I, we'll, we'll have a big Christmas dinner on Tuesday. And, and for me, that's, that's no problem. But for Lisa, it's a little bit different story as she's been, you know, wrapping gifts, putting up stockings, you know, getting everything ready. And, you know, I used to help wrap the gifts, but, you know, the gifts looked worse after I wrapped them than before they were wrapped. So, you know, that ended, you know, she puts bows on it and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like all thumbs when it comes to that thing. And so... Uh, she does the wrapping, right? And, and the, you know, it's like I, I used to help with the Christmas tree also, you know? So what do you think? I'd help her. She'd go, why don't you just get the lights on and then I'll take it from there. <laughs> so that's, that's what I do, okay? Because, uh, you know, I'm just not there. Okay. But, man, I'm telling you, she puts in a ton of effort. The demands of the season are, are, are a lot. And the demands of life are a lot. I think about those who have gone through loss, you know, and the, the demands that they're facing and the, that what they're experiencing. And maybe you've, you're like that. And we, we had our, you know, memorial tree that we had. And, you know, the couple that lost their son was here this morning. And, and I know what they're going through. I know what they're going through. Yeah, they're coming in and we're singing songs and kids are celebrating and, Kids are singing and we're laughing and everybody's celebrating the season, but I know where they're at. It's kind of like they're living in this bubble and they can see all the celebrating that's going on, but you know, they're living in their own little world and it's painful. It's demanding and they're working through it and they're putting, you know, they're getting there and God's helping them because he promises to help. This is the verse. Look at this. In, in Isaiah 40, 29, it says, he gives strength to the weary increases the power of the weak. He's the mighty God for the demands of life, right? Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This is his promise. That's God's promise for all that are weary and weak. We can hope in the Lord, amen? He gives us new, God gives, renews our strength. He's mighty God. Could you use a little extra of that kind of strength? Come on, amen? That's why God sent Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor for all the decisions we have in our life. And he's the mighty God for all the demands in our life, amen? And here's the third, third description of who he is. For my destiny in life, I have an everlasting father. How many of you have ever had this thought, what's next in my life? What's, what's the next 
step in my journey? What, what am I going to be transitioning uh, in, in, in the near future? Are there times of transition coming? What's next? For a, somebody in high school, you know, high schoolers, I know Bryce is in the middle of that. He's finishing up his junior year. And so he's thinking about college. He's thinking about uh, jobs. He's thinking about, uh, you know, is it military? Is it work? Is it whatever? All, all these things. And, you know, he's trying to figure that all out and, and, and uh, understand what to do. And, you know, so there's a lot of questions there, you know, and we need some help in that. Amen. Maybe, you, you know, for people who finished college and they've spent a ton of money and got a school bill that's this tall and, and you know, what do I do with my life? What do I do with my degree? Then, they, then you find yourself working in a job that your d- degree isn't even about. And, and so it's, sometimes it's hard to kind of wrap your head around all these things. But listen, when you're concerned with your future, you need to know you have an everlasting father. You have a father that, that is there for you, that will, that will help you, that will guide you, that will encourage you. That's what fathers do. But often, and especially in life, you know, a lot of times our experience with a, a father has not been the best. I mean, this has been called the fatherless generation. There's a lot of people that haven't grown up with a father, amen? Fathers were missing. And, uh, you know, maybe your father left when you were young. Maybe you never knew him. Maybe you had a father that perhaps was distant. You saw him a a little bit. Maybe you had a father that was present physically, but was not there emotionally, not there in the heart. Well, and the truth is that statistics about fatherlessness are staggering. They're staggering. 43% of children in America right now are living without a father. And 85% of youth that are in prison grew up in a fatherless home. I think the statistic, and I I don't have it, but I think it's about 90% of youth that are in drug drug and alcohol recovery grew up in fatherless homes. So, you know, what does a father give? What does a father bring? You know, it's like my dad said, you're a Mikowski, son. Mikowski's do this and Mikowski's don't do these things. And I usually got that lecture after I did one of those things, right? <laughs> We're Mikowski's, we don't do that, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? So, but you know, dads give you an identity. Dads give you an identity. Not only does he give you an identity, but a father gives uh, uh, kids a healthy sense of danger and risk and challenge. I, I mean, think about this. Who, who takes a young child and throws him up in the air and then catches him? And throws him up in the air and then catches him? Dad does. And usually the mom's standing close by saying, not too high, not too high. Okay, that's too, or that's too high. Yeah. Who gets on the ground with kids and wrestles them and, and, uh, and, you know, rolls and tumbles with them? Dads do. I mean, I remember my boys when they were young, they were, you know, they're 18 months and three, two years apart. So there are three of them packed together pretty close. And, uh, 
I mean, I'd get down on all fours and I'd tell, okay, knock me over. And boy, I'm telling you, they'd, they'd back up and charge and try to tackle it. They'd grab arms and legs and, you know, try to get me pretty quick. They couldn't do it. So then, then you know, then they do the things that they weren't supposed to do, like start punching and biting and kicking, right? And, you know, what would happen then? It all sides it. Uh, 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 nope, nope, nope. That's it. That's it. It would all stop right there. And what would they learn? Boundaries. Boundaries. What things are acceptable and what things are not acceptable. And see, those things are the, what's acceptable behavior. And, you know, dad, uh, dad's uh, fathers give build confidence in their kids. You know, who in the playground encourages their kids to climb higher, to swing higher, right? To, to uh, uh, ride your bike faster or take that jump. <laughs> who builds jumps for their kids? Dads do. Moms don't do those kind of things. Moms are, you know, more likely to encourage their kids to be careful. But dads encourage taking risks and challenges. And then they tend to be more honest with them. Well, you did it. That's the consequence when they bruise themselves or get busted up, right? That's the way it is. Look at this verse. I love this. God speaks of it in Isaiah 40, 27, 28. And I like to throw my name into this one. It says, oh, Jacob or oh, Brad, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, oh, Mikowski's. How can you say God ignores your rights? Have you not heard? Or have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the everlasting Father. The creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. See, we have an everlasting Father who never takes his eye off of us, who watches us, who gives us a name, he, we are his sons and daughters. We're heirs of the kingdom. We're royal. We're his prized possession. How significant is that? To understand who we are to our heavenly father. We're his sons and his daughters. And he is there for us to guide us, to encourage us with his promises, prepare us for his future. To say, go for it, man. You can do it. That's our God. Amen. He's the one that gives us a destiny. And then finally, here's the last one. For the disturbances in life, I have the Prince of Peace. What are you worried about right now? Anything you worried about? What's got your, what's got you wait? What's waking you up at night? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a bill. Maybe it's a sickness that you've been diagnosed with. You know, I prayed for a few people this morning struggling with some illnesses last week somebody that or the week before last one somebody that cancer came back and maybe you're struggling with some personal things like that maybe it's some family issues maybe you're worried about uh things in the world maybe it's you know it could be terrorism or maybe it's the climate that worries you or maybe it's every time the president you know gets on twitter <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but there's a promise for all of these too. There's a promise for all of these. He's the Prince of Peace for all of the disturbances in our lives. Look at this verse in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. 
Don't worry about anything. Really? Don't worry about anything. Yes, seriously. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, when you, when you receive the Jesus gift, you have a peace that nothing can explain. It really does. If you're taking, if you're receiving that gift, not just, just know about it, but really taking it. I mean, you may be worried about something. It may be on your mind, but you can pray about it. You turn it over to God and listen, nothing might happen on the outside, but inside, you're just confident that everything's going to be all right. Come on. And that's a piece that just doesn't make sense. But that's the God kind of peace that he promises. And you know when somebody has that kind of peace. I was in a hospital room once with a, a mom and a her son, actually with her two sons. And the, the mom and the, the, the sons, one, one of the son was lying in the hospital bed, dying of AIDS. He's 26 years old. He was on a lung machine and the doctors had said, you know, this, we can't sustain his life anymore and we're gonna shut the machine off. And so she invited me to come and sit with them through this, this process. And I was more than happy to come. We, we sat there and I walked in the room and the mom and the, her, her son that was, uh, you know, w with her, and they were, they, you could tell that there was this peace on them. It's hard to understand. It was just, you know, and it, not only was it on them, but it was on the young boy that was about to enter into eternity. You could see it on him because he, about a, uh, the Thanksgiving prior to this event, he had called up his mom and he said, mom, would you come and fly out to the city that I'm at and let's celebrate Thanksgiving together. And she said, okay, I'll come as long as you'll go to church with me when I'm there. He said, sure. So they went, she went, they went to church and the pastor invited people to receive Jesus as their savior. And this young boy raised his hand and came down to the front, gave his heart to Jesus. And now as he was facing this final bout with this disease, there was this peace on him as I walked in, as he's just laying there. Doctors turned off the machine and he was struggling for breath and still a peace. And still a peace on mom and the other son. But then on the other side of the room, there was the dad. He was there. The dad had rejected God, turned away, and had totally backslidden and was away from God. And the stark difference between what was going on in the two sides of the room, I, you, you can't even imagine what it was like because the horror this father was experiencing. He was gasping as his son was taking his final breaths, just gasping just moaning, terrorized, wretched. It was, it was like I'd never seen anything like it. In absolute terror over what was happening. When on the other side of the room, there was peace that you just, and if you ask them, 
what's going on? They'd go, I can't explain it. It's just, I'm at peace. That's our amazing God. That's the Prince of Peace. When we're going through the storms of life, the disturbances of life, when everything's shaking, He promises to be the Prince of Peace. It's marvelous. It's miraculous. It's the wonder of God. It's the Christmas gift. It's Jesus. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Have you given God the one thing that he's, that's on his wish list this Christmas? That one thing being you. You're on his wish list. You receiving his gift, his son, Jesus. Kids have Christmas lists, you know, most of the time for what they want, right? But as we mature a little bit, we recognize and our wish list turns into the things that we need. Maturity recognizes that it's, you know, the, the things that we need help in in life. So let's look this Christmas. I want to encourage you to look to Jesus and to receive the gift that our loving Father wants us to be part of, wants us to have, be part of his family. And then maybe to this, you know, maybe coming closer to his peace, recognizing his peace is for you, recognizing that his strength is for you, that your identity is in him and that he can take you through every storm with peace, maybe that's something that we need to add on to that understanding. That's all part of the gift, amen. So let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this Christmas. Lord, in the way that in such a humble fashion, Lord, you came. You came sent your love in the form of a baby and we know that love was the catalyst that made it all begin so father today as we think about a baby a miraculous birth a stable a manger and the humility and gentleness that he came in and offering hope and the wonder of eternal life. Lord, let our hearts just be overwhelmed with that. Thank you, Father. Thank you that he is our wonderful counselor. Thank you that he is our Prince of uh, Peace. Thank you that he is our mighty God and everlasting Father. And Father, help us to know with confidence that we are sons and daughters through the gift of your Son. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.